Welcome to the Home Inspector Marketing Podcast. Because you're a home inspector looking to increase your sales, improve your cash flow, and boost your bottom line, you are in the right place. For additional training resources on how you can grow your home inspection business, go to microreturns.com right now. And now, here's the podcast. Hi, this is Mike Crow, and I run a home inspection business. In fact, I've run a couple of home inspection businesses. The true joy for me, though, has been helping literally thousands of home inspectors build really solid home inspection businesses as well. We can help a single man operation be able to do over $300,000 a year, maybe all the way up to $400,000 a year as a single inspector operation. Even better for me is the 80 plus companies that we have helped be able to build million dollar home inspection businesses. I would like to help you be able to do the same thing. Here are more of Mike's thoughts from the seven levels of communication. I try as much as I can not to watch the news or anything. Just got my newest car. And when I bought it, I swore when I got this car, I was going to do it. I got Sirius XM radio. And I've set up a series of channels. The first channel I set up was Joel Osteen, channel 128. And when I get in the car with Susan and we drive from her mom's house to go home and everything, that's the channel we listen to. Because I want her to hear that message. And it's such, a, it's such a faith-driven and such a powerful, positive message, even in the middle of a storm, okay? And then I have 60s, 70s, and 80s, and then I have a love radio station, and then I have a mixed radio station type things, but there are no news channels on my Sirius XM, okay? If I want garbage, I can go listen to 90.1, which is NPR radio, or I can go listen to 820, which is talk radio, and hear people scream and holler about how mean and miserable the world is, okay? And I'm going to tell you, I've been in politics just enough to know that I could spit into the ocean and nobody would know. And Jonathan was there with me. We sat up until like 1 a.m. in the morning, right, to speak to a committee about something, about licensing and home inspectors, and it meant nothing. It meant nothing. And then we drove three hours home. What I realized was, had I spent that whole day or week that I'd spent preparing for that whole day on my business, I could have made a lot more change. Okay? David Sherwood. You know David Sherwood, right? Love that guy. He spent most of his life trying to help people that would not listen. Okay? David called me and sent me a note the other day and said, I just want to tell you thank you. By the way, David had hit like 700, 800,000 year after year. And once he came into our system, he hit a million, then hit 1.3. He called me last year. He said, I just want to tell you, I think we hit 2 million this last year. And it's because I realized I was focusing on the wrong stuff. And now I'm focusing on what matters. I'm focusing on changing people's lives that care about what we do. Okay. And so there's that. And so anyway, he started talking about uh, your knowledge, your relationships, your family, your love for others, your health, your faith, your happiness, okay? Those are what's important, okay? You can't control the national or global economy, but you have total control over your personal economy, okay? The things that are important. And he said, I started doing the math of what a business based on referrals, introductions, and connections could look like. And I know I told you there would be no math, but the, and the crowd laughed. And I'm on page 25 in the middle of it. And, uh, and he said... 
Let's say you have 150 people in your database. Raise your hand if you have 150 people in your database. And everybody raise their hand, okay? How about you guys? You have 150 people in your database? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. This is going to be cool. And then he said the National Association of Realtors estimates that the average person moves one out of every five years. And by the way, in some areas, it's seven, eight years. And I mean, what's the national average now? Probably probably seven now. Okay. Used to be three, by the way. Okay. But I, and, but then there's people like me, I've lived in my house 30 years. Okay. So I'm raising the average, <laughs> you know, and I get calls every month going, are you selling? No. <laughs> okay. So that means one fifth or 20% of your database or 30 people out of the 150 are moving every year. Think about that. 30 people. Now for a real estate agent, 30 transactions is a hell of a lot of transactions, isn't it, Kevin? It'll make you six figures, okay? Now, this is where it gets really interesting. Now, I've gone to the page of top 26, and if you're looking in the notebook, it starts out with, but where it really gets interesting, okay? Everybody on that page? Because this is where I really want to make sure you get this. Are you there, Leo? Yeah. Okay. But where it really gets interesting, Jay went on, and uh, is with the folks that the people in your database know. The average wedding has about 250 people invited to it. By the way, you know where that number came from? Joe Girard, this book is basically built off of Joe Girard's book, okay, How to Sell Anything to Anybody. And if you haven't read that book, I think we have some back there. Let me know. I'll give you a copy of it. If you haven't read that book, it's like basics of marketing. But Joe built it off of cold calling, okay? So there's that problem there. But we'll say that everyone you know is connected to another 150 people. So think about this. 150 times 150 is 22,500 people. 22,500 people. That's your community. Okay? And if you're a real estate professional and 20% of your community is moving, then 4,500 people in your community are moving. That's 9,000 transactions if you consider the buy side and the sell side. Okay? And that's with just a database of 150 people with those relationships and everything, okay? But nobody wants to go that deep, do they? Everybody wants to be shallow. Now, I want you to think about this. Kevin, how many real estate agents do you know? The average real estate agent, how many real estate agents does the average real estate agent know? 25? Yeah, probably 25. All right, so if I do 150 real estate agents, somebody do the math for me, and every agent knew on average 25 real estate agents, how many real estate agents is that? Who's doing math? 3,750. Thank you. Nice to know somebody knows how to use a calculator. <laughs> 3,000 what? 750. 3,750. 3,750 agents through the 150 agents that you probably already know and like and work with. Now, Jonathan, how many agents did we work with last year? Uh, about 1,500. About 1,500, okay? So if we multiply that times 25, we basically are adding a zero, okay? That's 30,000, yeah, so that's darn near every agent in Dallas-Fort Worth, okay? How many agents in Dallas? There's yeah, yeah, uh, there's some crossover there, which, by the way, works in our favor, just for the record. How many agents in Dallas-Fort Worth? Way too many. <laughs> so weird, I was just thinking not enough. <laughs> by the way, the average agent, now this is an average, so zero to... 
<coughs> 600, average agent sells three houses a year. Right. So wow. do that math times three, and that's how many transactions happen. Wow. On the next page here, he says, so I'm here to tell you that out of 350 people, this lady gave this testimonial, 350 people I hand wrote notes to, 77 responded, responded okay? And, and then it goes from there. After a little conversation, Rick found out that everybody that was at this meeting had met her at that restaurant, and so she'd invite him to this meeting. Moving on to page 28. And so, Leo, here's one of the things you might do is just number the top of the pages, okay? And I'll, and by me giving you the pages number, you'll know if I'm skipping pages to get to you because some of these pages I have no writing on and so we didn't give you copies of those pages because I didn't have anything written on them. So I didn't give you a whole copy of the whole book there. And then on the middle of the next page 35, I love this. They have what they call Go Deep Day. Okay, what, when you get an outstanding story about the power of going deep with relationships, give yourself an action item to put together a Go Deep Day for one of your ambassadors within the next 60 days. And believe me, it'll be worth every penny. So somebody that refers you, our top 25 agents, what would it take if we went go deep one day a week, okay? And we started trying to learn as much as we could about our top 25 agents, okay? Because they're our ambassadors. Now, he calls them ambassadors, okay? Stan, what do I call them? Mavens. Mavens, absolutely. Mavens, okay? And I got that from a coach. He, he almost mentioned it kind of in, a, in passing, and I just went, I like that, and pulled it off the shelf and plugged it in because... One of the reasons I plugged it in is because it's unique, okay? And how many other times do you hear people use the word mavens? Hardly at all, okay? And that's one of the reasons I chose it. You hear ambassadors and champions and prospects and all this other stuff all the time, okay? And then at the bottom of page 35, he said, imagine a staircase. The only way to climb each step is to go through this process. Learn, implement, fail, and evaluate. And I, I want to point this out to you. Learn, implement, are you ready for this? Fail and then move forward. This is the failure zone. This is the part nobody gets. The 4% is not the success zone. The 4% zone is going to challenge you to see how you handle failure. You understand that? And it's so weird as this epiphany has gotten clearer and clearer because everybody wants to succeed. And if they don't succeed, they think they're doing it wrong. So they don't do it again. It isn't about doing it wrong. It's about learning how to do it right, okay? And so you have that. And one of the things you talked about was failing higher, okay? So you move your way up, you fail again. You move your way up, you fail again. You move your way up, you fail again, okay? And I'm gonna tell you, every year I have like an epic failure. I had an epic failure last year. I stepped in the middle of some, I stepped in the middle of politics and I shouldn't have, okay? Of course, it was a political whole thing, and, but it was a child, a teenager. And I said, something along, I said something along the lines of, I don't know who's telling you this, but they're feeding you garbage. It was her mom, okay? And she told me in no uncertain terms to go take care of myself. And, and left, and I've never seen her again. So I have lost the opportunity to influence that young lady more. And up to that point, we have loved on her and cherished her and encouraged her, but with one simple statement, I had an epic failure. So I evaluated it, and now I'm working on a new approach in all those types of situations. And then in the middle of page 39, and that's the page right before this right here, okay, the graph and everything, okay, 
he put he did need accountability or he would be continue doing what he'd been doing. I hate accountability. I do not believe in accountability. People in this room hold themselves accountable. Okay. I'm sick and tired of every, anybody tries to hold me accountable. I am going to hurt them. You know what I want? I want somebody to help me stay focused. I want them to make sure that my vision stays clear because when I help you keep your vision clear, and your why clear, you know, I'm going to repeat why, why you want to accomplish that, I don't have to hold you accountable. You'll hold yourself accountable. But the 95% thinks they need someone to help hold themselves accountable. And that's why they will always be 95%ers. The 1% don't need anybody to help hold them accountable. The 1%ers hold themselves accountable. Who booked your ticket to get here? Who booked your ticket to get here? Exactly. Did you need somebody to help hold you accountable to get that done? No. But I will tell you that the world tells you you need accountability partners. I need an accountability partner like I need another hole in the head. Okay? I do not need my wife to be my accountability partner. I need my wife to love me and support me and encourage me and help make sure I don't lose my focus of what's important in life. But you need to know, you're going to hear it over and over again, and you don't need to correct them. Just go, yeah, I can see why you might need that. Just agree with them. And it's happening in, a, in another group that I love and cherish, okay? They, they all think they need accountability partners. And I'm hoping that it helps some people succeed, okay? So at the bottom of that page, notice what was taught. Useful information. So at the seminar, this guy was teaching was useful information. It wasn't just a sales pitch. He was selling coaching, but it wasn't just a sales pitch. What am I teaching you to talk about at presentations at real estate offices, right? It's useful information. What am I selling? Home inspections. Damn it, come use my home inspection company. But you don't get up there and see me sell my home inspection company. You see me go in and give useful information. And then he has these seven levels of communication. And I want to go to the last page of this, right before it says page three there, in chapter three. And I just want you to see at the top point is the influential zone, and at the bottom is the information zone. In the bottom, starting at the bottom, there's advertising, direct mail, and electronic communication. Don't miss, that's important. And then, in the and then there's handwritten notes. Handwritten notes are the transition piece, okay? And then in the top part, in the influential zone, you are more influ influential when you do phone calls, events, seminars, and one-on-one -on -one meetings. By the way, events, seminars, that's presentations at real estate offices, okay? I want to encourage all of you to be in the influential zone. The world wants to tell you, oh, just send them a text. You know the number one thing that chips me right now is when I tell some young person, call somebody, and they go, and I asked later, I said, did you call him? Yeah, I did. I sent him a text. And I went, where in the dictionary does it say texting is a phone call? Because it's not. Texting is an electronic communication. That is in the information zone. Okay? If you want to influence somebody, they need to hear your voice. Okay? We 
hope you enjoyed the podcast. And as a friendly reminder, if you're looking to increase your sales, improve your cash flow, and boost your bottom line as a home inspector, go to microreturns.com right now.